Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of Saints Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isadoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 1, Episode 32 of this podcast. We will hear Father Mark's homily from November 25th, 2018, The Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, in Year B. The Gospel for this week is John, chapter 18, verses 33b to 37. Let's listen now to that reading, then hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. A question with which everyone must wrestle, believer and non-believer alike, is what is truth? What is truth? You see, we all live our lives, and they unfold as we play out each day that we encounter what really governs our decisions. Where do we search for that anchor that gives us an indication that whether something is healthy or unhealthy, right or wrong, true or false? We have a world that presents itself to us as if everything is true. It's just a matter of picking and choosing which ones we like. And it begs another question. Is there such a thing as objective truth? In other words, truth that is always and everywhere, always applicable and true, unchanging. Objective truth. In this world in which we find ourselves picking and choosing truth, it's almost as if it unfolds and develops on its own. It's so easy to give way to what the common populace wants, to what's politically correct, what is acceptable in most places, and what most people want. Put on that level, then truth is what we make it for ourselves. We develop our own essence. We can tell ourselves who we are, what is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is false, what is acceptable, what's not acceptable. 
And so in this world of flux, we're really living in what is called relativism, in which we fabricate ourselves and make ourselves into who we want us to be. And this created self is attractive at first because it appeals to our wants and our desires. And who doesn't want that? The easier road is the one that's most preferred. And so if I can negotiate my daily life without having to make too many sacrifices, without having to do too much thinking, without having to call myself to a higher value system, then why wouldn't I want that easier route? And most people do. And so there's a draw to making things attractive. There's a draw to doing what most people want because it's the road of least conflict and the road of least challenge. Unchanging, always and everywhere, truths. Where do you and I go for truth? Well, the name we use to describe ourselves is Catholic Christians. And we have a very specific place to go for truth. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. As we listen to him preach, as we listen to him encounter folks, we hear some very specific things and some very specific actions unfold. He talks very clearly about love of God, love of neighbor, and love of self. He reaches out directly to the outcast, the poor, the sinner. He is a person of encounter who doesn't just talk at people, but embraces them where they are at. And at all costs, offers God's mercy, compassion, and love. He puts human law before divine law and sees divine law as the more important one to pursue. That if mercy and forgiveness is required at the moment, the temple law can be put aside. He's a man who reaches out, spends time with the sinner, offers compassion and mercy at all costs, and always shows us a way through suffering and through death. He says the kingdom of God is what is most important and ought to be pursued at all costs. Christ our King. It's easy to take Jesus as an individual and make my decision-making just about me and Jesus. After all, he's all about love and forgiveness. Why isn't life just all about love and forgiveness? So if I make a mistake, so what? God forgives me. I can move on and make another one. To understand Jesus one must also understand Jesus in relationship to the church, in relationship to the church. 
When Jesus preached the kingdom of God, it was always in the midst of this community of believers that has become the church. And as Catholics, we believe that we unfold and break open the kingdom of God by looking not just at the person of Jesus, but at Jesus with the church. Scripture and tradition with a big T. Scripture obviously shows us God's plan of salvation and how God sees his world ordered and structured. And tradition, with a capital T, is the lived big traditions of the church that has preserved the immutable, unchangeable teachings century through century. It's the job of theologians and the magisterium, which is the teaching body of the church, to communicate those primordial traditions, to preserve them, to safeguard them, but also to translate them into contemporary life and culture. It is there that we begin to see how today, in 2018, we live out the mission and call of the church and Jesus Christ. That in 2018, we know and understand how Jesus is our King and how that factors into daily living and life. We cannot separate Jesus from the church. Nor as a Catholic Christian is the matter of truth in our lives one of opinion. It's not just simply what I feel or what I want. Truth is bigger than who we are. And it's something to which we aspire, not just simply give into. And so truth as an objective reality is something that is always before us. And these immutable non-negotiables about life have to do with the sanctity of life, the role and the place of a human being, how we structure our relationships and what those look like, how God designed things, how we treat the poor and the outcasts. Because after all, as believing Christians, we want and hope that God's kingdom is going to take root in the kingdom of the world, that eventually they're going to be the same. And so as we live through our lives, we want to make sure that we're working on that axis and that plane. There was a father of the church, his name was Origen, wrote many centuries ago, but his writings in many ways are still very appropriate for what we deal with today. And in reflecting on the kingdom of God, Origen said, the kingdom of God is within is within. See, we always think of the kingdom of God as something yet to come. It's something off in the future somewhere. But Origen directed us within. He said the kingdom of God is within because God's word is living and effective. It's not dead. And with God's word being living and effective, when we pray that prayer, thy kingdom come, it's not just for a future reality to happen somewhere down the road, but for the, this moment right now, God's kingdom is going to take flesh within me and become a part of who I am. 
And that the more I develop a prayer life, the more I focus on my spirituality, and the more I focus on the kingdom of God within, the more I'm going to bear fruit. And the more that kingdom is going to become perfected in and through me. So that in a very real sense, we're called to then be another Christ. Another Christ. To put it more contemporarily, we're called to live so that Christ lives through us. We are called to live so that Christ lives through us. And so these objective truths are not things that are easily obtainable. And they're not always things that we're going to want. They are things to which we must aspire. You know, I make no bones about it, and I tell anybody, and if you know me, you'll know this is true. One of the things I despise the most is winter. When that last leaf on a tree falls, I go into this funky space. And I can't wait to smell spring again. And over the years, as much as I've tried to fall in love with winter, I just fall more out of love with winter. And I was reflecting on it one day as I was looking out the window and I was looking at the starkness of the trees. I think one of the things that I dislike about winter is that it's reminding me of myself. And the fact that I don't like dying experiences. You know, those, not just the one when we finally close our eyes in our permanent death, or the one that unlocks the resurrection, but I'm talking about the daily dyings, when life gets difficult, when it gets challenging, when we encounter disappointment, or things that are uncomfortable, or challenges that we don't want to face, or just those ill feelings that sometimes creep up and just overcome us. You know, our broken self that we all have? When I look out at the death of winter, I'm reminded of my own dying experiences and how much I really want to avoid those as well. Let's get over that stuff so we can get back on a more joyful plane when life is good again. And so as I look out at the starkness of winter, I realize even though it looks bleak and even though I don't like the place I'm in at this time of the seasons, God is still working in there. See, his creative power is still working in the dead of winter. And he's still creating and recreating and causing new life to be. And bringing the world and us where we need to be. And so the lesson really is for me to learn how to trust in the dead of winter and not fight the fact that I don't like it. Objective truth is like that as well. And living our faith is like that as well. We look at the tall orders that we are asked to accept. Those very difficult things that have to do with how relationships are structured. What's acceptable, what's not acceptable. What is within God's design, what's not within God's design. The sanctity of human life and its protection from the moment of conception to natural death. As difficult as that may be. So easy to give in to the desires of wants and needs. It's easier 
to just give in to what people want. But that's not where truth is. So in this dying and in this becoming, in this growing and this achieving, we have before us an image of what we can be, not just what we want to be. And the more we allow that kingdom of God to build and flourish and become alive within us, it's going to be easier to live as God wants us to live and not just give in to our passions and desires, which are all too easy all too often. So as we have an opportunity this past week, we can throw that big question before us. What is truth? We all live in this world that is ever-changing, that's placing new stuff before us all the time, and we formulate opinions about moral issues, life issues, all the time. Where do we go for our information? For the Catholic Christian, first and foremost, Christ the King, preserved through Scripture and tradition with a big T within this church in which we find ourselves worshiping. It is there that we find who we ultimately are and who God wants us to ultimately become. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.